Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Matias at home! He just hammered that thing upstairs! The Edmonton Oilers just went full Harlem Globetrotters on that shift. What a glove save made by Skinner! This is exciting for the fans of Edmonton. They deserve it. This is the best power play that's ever been assembled in NHL history, and so they have the stats to back that eye test up. And Nugent Hopkins is going to pick up point number 100. All right, two bits of business for you. Well, one bit of conjecture, but first a bit of business. Love the show. Listen to it every day. Pops out to Nurse. The shot scores. We've got Connor McDavid rewriting history here. To McDavid scores! There's number 50! And this is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by World of Spas, Edmonton's number one hot tub and swim spa dealer. The ideal place to start your daily vacation. Now, Bob Stoffer on the official station of your Edmonton Oilers. 630 Chad. skate at a Peter Puck event in Kamloops, BC. Peter Puck was the the hockey school and uh, (laughs) they played that song as we were all falling down. Nobody could figure (laughs) out how to skate and we're all falling and and, you know, I I actually took personal offense to that. I thought whoever's DJing this, my five-year-old self was was peeved that they (laughs) thought it was humorous to uh, cue up another one bites the dust. Some smarty pants yeah. up in the DJ booth, hey? <laughs> it's just like the DJ who plays, uh, uh, you know, What's Up by the Four Non Blondes. What's going on? Anytime there's a, a video review. Yeah. Yeah. We got some clever stuff yeah. going on in the <laughs> NHL. It is the summertime. Can you tell? It's also Brian May's birthday, Sir Brian May, from Queen, who uh, I think that was their second or third number one album in the UK, featuring another one, Bites the Dust. It is Brendan. It is Cam with you today and the rest of this week on Oilers Now, which is brought to you always by World of Spas. Aching after a long day, I sure am after soccer last night, let me tell you. World of Spas offering tubs designed with your your relief in mind. Rest, recover, relax with World of Spas, Alberta's number one swim spa dealer. Visit worldofspas.com. we got a fun show today and, and a lot uh, of open time now for you to contribute. 780-496-0063 is the River Cree Resort Casino Hotline. The uh, Outdoor Night Market and Entertainment Showcase is returning to the River Cree August 24th through 27th, presented by Enoch Cree Nation. Get tickets in advance at rivercreeresort.com slash night dash market. 
So uh, we'll hear from, as, as we continue down the preview of our Pacific Division foes, we heard earlier this week about um, the Calgary Flames from Logan Gordon. We heard uh, uh, all about the Vancouver Canucks from Brendan Batchelor. We'll get uh, a look at the LA Kings, who I would suggest might be Edmonton's, the biggest thorn in Edmonton's side over the last couple of seasons. The, the recency bias leads you toward Vegas, but in reality, I think this LA Kings side has, uh, well, they've identified Edmonton as a team to beat in the division. I, I've been curious about some of the moves they've made in the offseason, and, and I would love to get some insights. So we go down to the 3 one to connect with John Rosen. Cam? Right? Well, we, we, also, uh, we also have uh, Mike Benton to talk uh, Seattle crack. <laughs> We're going to the Pacific Northwest. <laughs> that, that just came down. Sometimes stuff <laughs> clicks at the 11th hour, and that's okay on July 19th. No, that's okay. That's fine. There you go. Mike Benton. So what, do we have him in an hour or an hour and a half? Uh, we have him in... <laughs> 50 minutes, yeah. 5 yeah. Okay, we'll talk to him after the water minutes, clock. Yes. <laughs> Perfect. Sounds good to me. Noon Pacific time. Hope you'll stick around here on Oilers Now. We do have our stuff together, despite what it may sound like. <laughs> yeah, uh, but we are talking Pacific Division teams, as we have been this week. 780-496-0063. Also, the Ashley Fine Floors text line. Get the new floors you've always wanted. 143rd Street, 111th Avenue, or head to ashleyfinefloors.com for more. Well, there's a few top stories in the world of hockey today, but as it pertains to uh, us here in the Pacific Division, I think the top story is the Seattle Kraken extending head coach Dave Hackstall through the 25-26 season. Top story brought to you each day by Legacy Heating and Cooling. Whether it's heating or cooling you need, get it with no payments, no interest for a year. That's how you build a legacy. Legacy Heating and cooling and obviously with uh, Mike Benton the host of Kraken Hockey we'll dig a lot deeper into this but Cam the initial reaction is here's a coach who didn't seem to have a ton of traction with this team in year one but in year two took a quantum leap 100 points on the season he got the most out of a team that didn't have a lot of superstar power and now he finds himself rewarded for it yeah they they really found a way to to get things going in the right direction and part of it was the goaltending was better you, know, you start there, and, and then you branch out, and then when you have a, a guy like uh, Matty Beniers step in and be as impactful as he was in a rookie season, that definitely helps. Uh, yeah, there was that was a team that made a, a huge jump from one year to the next, which just uh, not a, an overhaul, a couple of tweaks, goaltending. Picked it up a bit from year one to year two. And next thing you know, you had a team that not only got into the playoffs, but was able to make a little bit of noise in the playoffs too. So good on them. Good for for Dave Hackstall to get that uh, extension. An Alberta guy played in the AJHL. I remember when he was uh, a member of the Red Deer Rustlers way back before he, <laughs> he went to college. Yeah. Neat stuff. It's funny how small the hockey community yes. really is. Kraken going 46-28-8 last season, 100 points, finishing fourth in the Pacific Division, one spot behind the Los Angeles Kings. But as we know, they took the wild card spot, right, uh, and ran it through Colorado and yep. ended up uh, taking Dallas to seven games as well, no less. So uh, that was uh, quite the quite the Cinderella run, I would suggest. But I wonder what the future holds for this team as they continue 
continue finding their own identity. Not so surprisingly, signing Kyler Yamamoto this offseason, he becomes the first sort of, I mean, you call it homegrown because he grew up in Spokane, played for the Chiefs, that sort of thing. But in reality, he's sort of, uh, you know, somebody that I think Pacific Northwest hockey could use as a beacon if he's able to reach some higher highs than we saw in the last couple of years here in Edmonton. Yeah, yeah, I, I think I, I'm sure he'll be a good fit there. But to have someone that is from the state that uh, that played minor hockey and and found a way to the Western Hockey League, found a way to the NHL, and and to be like you say, not quite homegrown, but pretty close. Um, that that's that's definitely going to help. And I mean, hockey is has long been entrenched in Washington State uh, through the Western League. But th- because of that, uh, the, the minor hockey has grown all the way through. And, and Seattle, is, it's no different. So, yeah, I, I, that's a team that I, I, I wonder, do they, make a, do they make another step? Are they able to maintain what they did last year? Or, or is there a bit of a regression? I mean, that will be... It'll be uh, it'll be interesting to see. I mean, we were talking about it yesterday with the you know with Canadian teams, how many will get in, and and some saying uh, felt that the the Calgary Flames would get in. Some saying they they didn't think they would, but if they did, somebody's got to get bumped out. Yeah, you know, and you know a, a better season from Calgary, maybe you know they're are they uh, as good or better than Seattle next year there remains to be seen I guess the one thing that I would say about this team first of all is that they're, they're going to go as far as the goaltending takes them you know we've, we've seen them sort of yeah. live, live and die by that and uh, Philip Grubauer is, is their man for another uh, four seasons there including this upcoming one uh, but they don't like they've got some wiggle room cap wise of course and that was sort of by design I think when they originally drafted this team and they haven't overspent spent the budget on guys like Vlad Tarasenko who they could have in the first place uh, but didn't elected to 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 play the long game and now here they are with an opportunity to be in the conversation for a Western Conference playoff spot maybe they find themselves as buyers at yep. the deadline and and that sort of thing whereas a team like Edmonton is going into the season capped out uh, Seattle might have uh, you know somewhere in the upwards of eight million dollars in cap space and not a lot projected to go on the long-term injured reserve. Yeah, I'll be interested to see what uh, what Shane Wright does this mm-hmm. year. If what type of, of impact he'll have at the NHL level. Um, last year was he started with the team and he, he did a little bit of time uh, on a rehab uh, back in the American League, then went to the OHL. Yeah, the expectations uh, I would think are fairly high for him and I'd like to see how he fits into the mix this year mm-hmm. yeah he's uh, well, he's somebody that I think like if you're if you're committing to Dave Hackstall longer term you know that he's going to be the guy to guide Shane yeah. Wright into the into the league because where they took Wright in that draft him falling there the, the story that has developed really since he's been uh, a fringe NHLer and it's we have to acknowledge that, like Philip Broberg, I think that Shane Wright was one that really suffered developmentally from the pandemic. Yeah, yeah, Genuinely. the OHL didn't play at all. 
So, so yeah, that's tough. You know, you yep. lose that time, and, and maybe you think that he's slipped a little bit, but uh, you're looking at a coach here they obviously feel is the right guy for some younger star players to develop with. Anyway, that is a teaser. Much more on the Kraken coming up in about 50 minutes, as Cam mentioned. Mike Benton joining us from uh, the Kraken uh, Network. Uh, thanks, Mike, for saving yeah. us. <laughs> he's, on, he's on vacation right yeah. now, so we're... We're interrupting his vacation. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, and the, the Dan O'Rourke story is going to be such a fun one to tell when we get the opportunity to. So uh, keep locked here because it's gonna it's gonna be good. It's not often you get to talk to an NHL referee, and it's not going to be, uh, oh, you know, what's, how come you can't keep up with the game anymore, and that kind of thing. It's it's an actual great human interest story. Anyway, we'll quit yammering on about the bits and pieces here. You want to know about your Edmonton Oilers, and uh, frankly, it's it's been a holding pattern for the last week and a half, too. It's, it's that time of year where there's not a lot of news being generated, but the one man who would know if there was, who we've still got on a weekly basis here on this show, is Frank Saravalli who joined us yesterday for our friends at the Horses, Horse Racing Alberta. And we'll go back to that inside the Direct Workwear Audio Vault. And Direct Workwear is excited to announce that women's only workwear store. It's now open, located four doors north of their Direct Workwear location on Gateway Boulevard. Find out more at womensworkwear.ca. Cam asking Mr. Saravalli yesterday for the latest he knows about the restricted free agents, of which there are two, Ryan McLeod and Evan Bouchard. I think it's been a little bit of a game of poker here for Ryan McLeod and his camp with the Edmonton Oilers. Obviously, they have the weight or the hammer of being able to go to that arbitration hearing. Um, I think from their perspective, and certainly wouldn't want to speak for them, but the sense I got was that Maybe they felt like they were squeezed a little bit last season um, and obviously not being at the top of the pay scale. You know, this is an important year as these guys get older to really begin to cash in a little bit on career earnings. So while keeping the team cap structure in mind and wanting to play for um, a winning contending team like the Oilers are, it's certainly important, but at the same time need to flex those muscles when you have them and have a bit of leverage. So uh, that's the spot that he's in. And unfortunately for Evan Bouchard, who hits RFA time without arbitration rights, um, he's in a bit of a holding pattern waiting for this McLeod situation to get worked out. And once that does, then the Oilers can then turn around. And it's not more or less whatever is left over goes to Evan Bouchard, but they can't really nail down the Evan Bouchard contract until they know exactly what they're paying Ryan McLeod. So that's kind of the spot that they're in right now. And of course, uh, we we won't know that until I guess the last possible day would be August 4th. And that's if it got to an arbitrator, which these things we've stated over and over again often do not due to the ugly nature of those types of conversations. And you got to figure with a player that you've drafted in the second round. I mean, they're trying to keep McLeod as, yeah. as part of the bigger picture here. And they think that he's going to be a piece of them winning a Stanley Cup in the next couple of years. The other thing influencing all of this, of course, 
is uh, is some of the periphery contract signings that we've seen. One a little bit steeper than we expected in Bowen Byram, and the other maybe a little bit more beneficial to Evan Bouchard's overall price tag. Frank Saravalli talking about those two things affecting uh, number two here in Orange and Blue. It does. Uh, it certainly sets the table and you know the parameters of what that next contract looks like. I think both of those two contracts end up looking really favorable for for Bouchard. I kind of see him being a, a slight notch ahead of both of those guys. So I, I would peg him right in the sort of two years, $4 million per year range. Uh, so just slightly edging out K. Andre Miller and uh, Bowen Byram. Certainly when you look at Byram and the career games played and the two 40-point seasons that Bouchard has under his belt at this point and a number that's probably going to explode next year as he gets more and more power play time with this vaunted Oilers power play that um, he's going to really be in a prime position to cash in, especially when the cap goes up. Um, But those two contracts for sure have helped set the market. Unfortunately for the Oilers, like I think they would have much preferred to have him closer to 3.5 or 3.75. And I'm sure a listener hearing that is like, okay, what's really the difference? But when you're in the cap situation that the Oilers are and quite literally every penny counts, an extra 250 here or 100,000 there extrapolated over the course of the entire 190-day season, that actually becomes uh, an additional roster player that you can add at the deadline or, or converts into significant cap savings. So every penny counts, and uh, the Oilers are certainly trying to make sure that there's no room left over um, You know, when you get this jigsaw puzzle put together, or at least you can get it as close as you can uh, to really maximize some of those savings. And they were able to do that last year, and it's, it's, it is a whole effort in salary cap gymnastics and I say they've got you know different assistant general managers for different things. This is Bill Scott's wheelhouse, and he is there to make sure that by the time they're on the ice, every last bit of that cap is utilized to help them win, right down to the final five dollars of it. It's it's funny to look at cap friendly sometimes and see that like they have literally got this down to if not a science, uh, a jigsaw puzzle, like Frank has said. Yeah, it's, oh, I I don't uh, I don't envy that spot. No. of having to figure that out. But remember last year, uh, before the start of the season, Matthias Janmark was, was sent to the American League only because of getting to cap compliance. Mm-hmm. That was, And then eventually came back up. But yeah, you have to utilize everything you can do to stay under. And you're you're projecting what a guy is worth relative yeah. to what you hope he can produce and this is all assuming that everybody remains healthy for as long as possible and then you're just reading and reacting anytime an injury comes through. So, yeah, they do need somebody full-time on staff dealing with this yep. type of thing 100%. It's going to be very interesting hearing Frank say that Evan Bouchard's cap hit is going to be in the 4 million dollar neighborhood. Uh, if it's at 4 million dollars, I am really really curious how they're going to get uh, a fourth line center on this team I I mean they might be looking at playing with a a, a short a couple numbers I would think again to start this season if that ends up being the case where you've got McLeod and Bouchard eating up all of the remaining money between the two of them and not even salvaging a league minimum contract 
Yeah, it's a very real possibility. Mm-hmm. If it does come in at that that four number, or you know, if oh, yeah, it's and then the the Ryan McLeod one, he just like and like Frank was saying, like that's uh, that that's one that you know he, he took a bit of a deal last year, and uh, and he does have the arbitration rights, so he's probably going to get you know he'll get a little bump. Well, he'll get a bump, but he might get a a, a decent bump up. The poker game, see. the poker game continues, yeah. and so does Oilers now. Right after this quick timeout, we'll get to the rest of the league's headlines at NHL today when we return. Hi, I'm Darnell Nurse from the Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 6:30, Chet. Mm-hmm. You know when Derek's on the ones and twos. I love it. You know I had to. (laughs) (laughs) Kicking some flavor in your ear. Okay, let's get to NHL today for our friends at Elite Promotional Marketing, your local branded merchandise specialist. Head to ElitePromoMarketing.com. We mentioned the Dave Hackstall deal signed through 2025-26. He's got an overall record with Seattle of 73, 77, and 14, but led them to a 100-point season last year. The Leafs and goaltender Ilya Samsonov more than two and a half million dollars apart in terms of their uh, arbitration valuations. Goaltender wants $4.9 million a season or at least that was his preliminary offer and the team says 2.4. 4.9 to 2.4. That's less than half. They've got some work to do. <laughs> some, there's some haggle room in there. Yeah. You can do a little bargaining back and forth. Now here is perhaps the most interesting one as it pertains to the Oilers and no he did not sign in Edmonton but Tomas Noshek one year just one million dollars to the New Jersey Devils and that's coming in a lot cheaper than it was rumored last week that he was valuing himself at. I heard that was going to start with a two in some instances so for New Jersey to get Nosek done uh, a one million dollar valuation that to me is a pretty nice bargain for that team that's a a case of you get past that initial few days of a free agency and you start looking around like as a player he starts looking around and seeing well there are a lot of it's limited opportunities now and because of that 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 dollar value is going to go down that's and i'm I'm sure that's why he just wanted uh, a one-year deal uh, so he can you know next summer cash in on hopefully the cap going up which it will but yeah that uh that to me just screams um it's getting down to it and <laughs> I, i'd really like to go play somewhere yeah he didn't want to be uh what left at the i don't know left without a dance partner yeah let's say so there you go he makes the choice and i would suggest that new jersey's on a similar upswing to edmonton if he's trying to compete for a cup in the next couple of years to play for one million dollars i suggest that's what he's got his eyes on we will learn much more about the la kings from uh, john rosen he does the forum report down in Los Angeles, was up here for the playoffs covering the Oilers and Kings series. We will do that after a global news weather traffic update with Evan Cook.